Hello, everyone. You're listening to Elisa Unfiltered Living Life Out Loud, the podcast. My name is Elisa Curry Lowitz, and I'm here today speaking from the heart to inspire and motivate you to be your best self. There's so much more to life than the nine to five daily grind, and I want to share all of my secrets with you. So let's get started. Hey guys, Elisa here. Thank you so much for tuning in again for another week. And boy, I am very excited to tell you that today we are talking to my biggest spiritual teacher of all time. So the interview you're about to listen to is with Adele Stratton, who is one of my favorite human beings in the whole world. And she just so happens to be a renowned spiritual coach. She is also a quantum healer, which means a healer of the energetic, physical, physiological, mental, emotional, and spiritual bodies. So essentially, she's all-encompassing, and I'm so very blessed to be able to work with her. So I encourage you all to listen all the way to the end as we dive into the topic of relationships. There are so many amazing lessons intertwined within this podcast. So take notes or don't take notes. (laughs) Do whatever it is you need to do to absorb the following content. So welcome. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Amazing. Um, So I'm actually at Adele Stratton's house, Phoenix Rising Healing Center, and She lives in a lovely apartment. It smells so good in here. Every time I come in, the aromas are so welcoming. And I'm so excited to have you. So um, for those of you that um, follow me on Instagram, you have most likely read that I'm influenced the most by my Yoda. So Adele is Yoda. (laughs) (laughs) She is my spiritual guide. She is a friend. She's a mother. She is my, I don't know. She's my biggest teacher. So this is, uh, this is a really cool session. (laughs) Um, so Adele, why don't you sort of tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Okay. Yes. I'd be happy to. Um, thanks for having me. (laughs) This is so great. Um, So I just want to maybe give just a little background as to, first of all, how I how I got into my practice of alternative, complementary, integrative, whatever you want to call it, medicine. Mm -hmm. But it was through my own journey of ill health, um, suffering from uh, allergies to everything environmental through to food. And, uh, you know, just keep on going to the doctor and getting prescribed, you know, cortisone nose sprays and puffers and antihistamines and taking tons of uh, pain meds for um, sinus infections and so on and so forth and always getting sick. So their uh, uh, their conclusion was, uh, well, gee, you could live in a bubble. And I was like, uh <laughs> Excuse me. Now, I didn't know anything about alternative health, but there was one thing that I knew for sure, that that was not an option and that was (laughs) not going to happen. 
And I knew that there was an answer out there and I was going to find it. And I just kind of walked out and said, see my back? That's all you're going to see of me. <laughs> and uh, sure enough, um, I mean, it uh, the opportunity presented itself. You know, we moved to a new town and I got hired on at a holistic vacationing spa out of mm. uh, outside of Toronto in Schaumburg, Ontario. And uh, they a position had come up and, you know, everything just lined up. I got the job. But the first thing they said to me was, uh, you're really sick. And I said, yes, I know. But <laughs> I, nobody seemed to know what to do about it. <laughs> I couldn't smell. I hadn't I hadn't breathed through my nose for years. And I was at the point that I actually couldn't even taste my food anymore. Mm-hmm. So that's how bad it was. And they said, don't worry about it. We'll send you to a naturopath. And I went to this German naturopath and he, well, within a short period of time, he he knew exactly what was going on. He said, I know what to do. And this is what we're going to do. And he, he cleaned up my diet. He said, you're going to stop eating all of this and you're going to stay, start taking all these herbal remedies and things like that, so on and so forth. But within a week, my nose ran for the first time in 10 years. Oh my God. Yes. And literally green pus came out of my eyes. Mm. Yeah. So that's how bad it was. And so with that, I was so impressed that I said, I have got to go out and learn more about this because I want to share it with the rest of the world. And so I started taking course upon course upon course. And so 30 years later, here I am. (laughs) And so it's been a really, really positive journey for me. Um, And as far as, you know, my, uh, of course, you you cannot, or maybe you can, but uh, for me, you know, as you start to explore yourself, you recognize that there are other things going on underneath the surface and so even though I had studied osteopathy and visceral manipulation and biocomputer operating system mm-hmm. and everything, I was just doing, you know, going around and adding more tools to the tool chest because it was just so much fun. And um, and through that, of course, I learned so much about myself and I started to really like really start to look at myself and what presented itself. And uh, so I took a three-year energy course to learn more about my personality and who I really was. And then from there, I started to meditate. I was like a fish to water. I was just like, I couldn't get enough of meditation. It was like showing me so much about my state of mind. And I learned, I learned like from the greats, from the masters that would appear to me. And it was just such a beautiful experience And then thus, I was able then to come into a place of self-realization and heal myself from a life-threatening injury. And that was the greatest gift of all when I recognized that I, myself, was a co-creator or a creator, a part of the source, and that I had created the pain in my life. And Mm. so recognizing that, I dropped all resistance and decided, yes, it's time just to be. And from that place, the suffering just fell off my back and and things just unfolded naturally. And so I recognized there's there's no effort. 
I don't have to do anything because <laughs> the universe just comes to me, brings me what it is that I'm ready for. And just, and I just like, and I just reap the benefits and it's so much fun. Mm. So that's sort of my background. <laughs> and I do laugh a lot. So <laughs> laughing is good. Laughing, laughing is, is good. Lovely. Laughing is very good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So when you and I first met, I mean, I met you about 25 years ago. Yes. Um, yes. But when we started working together, I think it was at a time where my relationships or my relationship to, to myself and my relationship with others um, was sort of in this giant mess, if you will. Um, and so I think that's a really great place for us to start is is actually talking about relationships like I want to give a little bit of a a different perspective on on what that means and what that is absolutely because in our society and where we come from in our belief systems they all have a an idea of what it is that we should be. So Mm -hmm. right from the get-go, you are already programmed as soon as you pop out. You've been programmed through your DNA with your parents' emotions. Mm -hmm. So that starts right there. And then as you come out, then you have your own emotions because of the fact that you are going to learn through your mentors you are going to learn everything through observation and hearing. So we call that Broca and Wernicke and how the brain takes in all the senses and gets compartmentalized in the brain. And so then this is kind of like your hard drive. Mm-hmm. You know, you're programmed already and then you get more programming by watching and hearing what is going on in your surroundings. And what do you learn? You learn about conditions. Yes. And that's the thing. Like for me, I know growing up, like I, my parents got divorced when I was 13 or so, but it was like, you know, a weird relationship, a weird, a weird family dynamic, maybe even more common um, these days than it was back in, I don't know, the early nineties when this was, when I was going through it. Mm -hmm. But, um, and then it was like, you got to go to school, you got to get the job, you got to get married you got to live in the house, get the dog, have the kids, like do that sort of thing. And, and for me, like I wasn't really doing that ever because I was skiing, I was competing for Canada and doing my own thing. And there was like resistance from like from some people in my life and in my family, because I wasn't following the path and the it's status like, quo. Sta- yeah. And the status quo. And then, so it was kind of like my first experience outside of that, but even even now, like the relationships that I've had, like just the expectation um, from friends, partners, teachers, coworkers, like you have to do it this way. And it, and it, it's interesting now that I have, I've learned a few things. I can recognize that it's just the patterns that they've developed over the years, but let's, let's talk about that because I think that, that, being able to recognize that and having the awareness and being able to recognize that in yourself and in others is for sure 
what you helped me the most with. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And yes, mm-hmm. it's so good to be able to explore that because we we have a tendency to uh, take other people's advice um, mm-hmm. in the way that, uh, so they're giving you advice because they think that's the way to do it. Yes. And they think that's the way to do it because that's the way they learned. And it's, it's not to say, um, it's not to say, oh, that's the wrong way or this is the right way. But there is a vibration of memory in your cells that remembers the truth. And whether, whether you, uh, uh, how soon or how late you pick it up, or maybe you never will, but there will be a resonance when somebody starts speaking about, you know, your inner self and who you really are. And so when people come to you and say, this is the way it needs to be done, how come you're not married yet? How come you don't have a boyfriend? Why don't you have children? Or well, maybe just have a child by yourself. You know, oh, you need to buy a house and, you know, da, da, da. Well, what they actually don't recognize is that they're asking you to follow their advice or their opinion because it's actually going to make them happy. Mm. So people give that kind of advice because it's like, well, I know that if you do it this way, I'll feel so much better if you do it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, <laughs> right? I, I get it. Yes. I, yes. And oftentimes like. On the other side, when if I give advice to somebody and they take it, it actually does feel good. Like I, of course it I'm does. Like, oh, sweet. Yes, that worked. Nice. Of course it does. And yet, in my practice, when I do ask people to, you know, okay, are are you happy? Are you really happy? Uh, how many times are you going to talk about the suffering? How often are you going to talk about, you know, what your father did to you or what your mother did to you or what your boyfriend did to you with a car accident over and over? And, mm-hmm. and oh, my God, oh, my God, how often are you going to repeat that story and 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 make it concrete, you mm-hmm. know, and are you happy? Are you happy? And so, you know, to recognize that, to recognize that, no, I'm I'm actually not happy. Mm-hmm. Okay, then, you know, well, then how do you determine where your happiness is and how, do, how are you going to do that? So if somebody, if somebody comes in and tells me this great big story about all the suffering that they've done, okay, and that they're still in it and that they're still crying when they're telling me this. And then I say, do you want a new story? Do you want to tell a new story? Because, you know, as right this moment, you can actually start to tell a new story right now. And you know what? They might just walk out. (laughs) (laughs) I I hear you there. (laughs) They might walk out and tell me where to hit it. Uh You know, because they really don't want a new story. They really don't want a new story. They're not ready yet. Uh The victim has become so great in them because the victim is receiving sympathy. I always say, well, what are you reaping from your story? Uh Tell me about the benefits that you're getting. Are people paying attention to you? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, it's like, oh, oh, you poor thing. Oh, dear. Oh, 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 my gosh. Well, can I help? What can I do? Well, maybe you should do this or maybe you should do that. But I'm not here to pet anybody's ego. So I'm just asking them, you have a choice. Right now, you can change your perspective about anything on any subject. 
you have the ability to do that because you have free will. Wow. <laughs> what an awesome gift that is to have free will. So we have a choice in that moment about empowerment and about how we can make that choice and we can change everything right in that moment. And so when I went through my own personal healing, that's exactly what happened to me. Mm -hmm. I had this aha moment Mm -hmm. where I said, oh my God, Mm -hmm. I am causing my own pain. Mm -hmm. I'm responsible. I'm responsible. Yes. And so just as I repeated that mantra, Pain is resistance, pain is resistance, pain is resistance. I started to feel this euphoria come over me and I started to actually see, I'm getting goosebumps. (laughs) I could actually see everything around me. The veil just dropped Mm -hmm. and I recognized that Mm -hmm. I'm part of the source and that I have the power to do anything I want. And so it's when you're ready to drop the story when you're ready to see things. So we talk about relationships and of course, relationships. I love this. Mm -hmm. I love this because what a lot of people don't know about my story, which I am writing a book about, (laughs) but I want to just say this, that at the time when I was going through this, I was in a very, very deep and loving relationship Mm -hmm. with someone. Mm -hmm. And that person had told me that he was leaving the relationship Mm -hmm. at the same time while I was going through this massive transformation. And I saw that he too had a choice, (laughs) that he too had a choice and that he had the choice. There was something going on with inside of him that he wanted to make change that didn't matter what he felt. It didn't matter what he thought about me. It didn't matter what he thought about his life. It didn't matter about what was going on. What did matter was that I did not own him. Right. And this is key in relationships is that people think when you sign that piece of paper Mm -hmm. or when you move in together, that it is set in stone and that it's, oh no, you can't leave me. You can't because... You signed that piece of paper that says you're mine and it's your responsibility to make me happy. That is, that is it. That is it. I hear it all the time. You made me so mad right there. You made me so happy. Those types of things. I, yes, yes. Yes. I say it too. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. So we need to pull back and understand that we created this whole scenario to uh, have, it's not a lesson, it's a knowing to to have more of uh, the the power to, to recognize that Oh, there's just so much more that we can have other than this, this old story that we're following, Mm -hmm. this old program that we've been programmed with. Now, I'm not saying, okay, you know, you can't, uh, if you're blaming somebody, take it back. (laughs) You're not, you, you cannot blame anybody. You 
You yeah. cannot point a finger because if you're pointed to a finger, you got to point two fingers back. I know. I've like definitely heard that before. That is something that I've seen. I know it at like maybe the the intellectual level, if you want to call it that. But in the actual practice of it, I think, you know, what is actually happening when I say you made me so angry? Right. So, so, so what is that? What is that? That is, I choose not to be responsible for my feelings right now. I'm going to make you responsible for it. Right. So like, let's just say somebody punches me in the face or somebody, you know, gives me the finger or tells me I'm fat or ugly or something like that. I'm, and I say, and I start to cry or I get angry. I am, what, what is happening there? There's an old wound there. Right. There's an old wound and an old wound that hasn't been healed yet. And so the old wound comes to the surface because that person pushed your button. It Mm -hmm. triggered you Mm -hmm. and said, excuse me, but there's still something there for you to learn about yourself (laughs) or heal about yourself. Okay. And you go like, you know, and then the response is, you know, that you really hurt my feelings. No, no, no. You're already hurt. Yes. The hurt is already there. And so it's like, oh, I recognize that. Uh, I recognize that. Oh, I'm hurting. Well, where did that come from? Yes. And how did I learn that? Yes. I, I feel really angry. Oh, well, how did I learn to be angry in the first place? <laughs> Who taught me how to be angry? So it's our response to the program. Right. And then... What we want is to learn how to reprogram because at the end of the day, it's all about the mind and how the mind is programmed. So the mind plays games with you and says, you know what, like, you know, well, shame on her for saying that to you. Like, who does she think she is? Mm -hmm. Right? Yes. And oh my God, she doesn't know how much, she doesn't know what you've gone through. She doesn't know how, well, like, she has no idea of who you are and the talent that you have. And you're like, yeah, 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 you know, like this. And you're having this conversation with I've, yourself. like, been in conversations like that. <laughs> exactly. With myself. <laughs> that's right. And so that's just your ego talking to you. Mm-hmm. And what I like to say about the ego, because people kind of look at the ego in a negative way. And I like to say... Try not to look at your ego like that because your ego is your greatest teacher. And your teachers come to say, we have a little further to go yet. (laughs) So you might want to just stop, Mm -hmm. take a deep breath and kind of reflect on that and really ask the question, where did I learn that? Who taught me that? Yes. And you usually go back in time and it's, Usually one of your mentors who was only teaching you what they knew. Right. And so just think about it. The generations passed program after program after program. Right. Mm -hmm. So programs also have the ability to create dis-ease. So how is dis-ease created? It is created by old programs of emotions. So if somebody's been through a horrible trauma seven generations ago, chances are that trauma is still in the bloodline. 
Right. Right? So it comes forth. And in the teachings, too. And it's got to be, like, not yes. just... Oh, yeah. It's, it's the body level. It's got to be in the physical, in the emotional space, in the mental space, everywhere. Everywhere. It's in every subtle body mm-hmm. of your energetic being. So, you know, it goes so deep that if there is a strong, strong um, religious belief in there, mm-hmm. ooh, that's a, you know, that's mm-hmm. a good one. And how it comes out in the behavior and then the behavior comes out as, well, good girls don't do that. Mm-hmm. Good girls don't dress like that. Mm-hmm. Good girls don't act like that. Nice boys are gentlemen. You know, that's a program. That's yes. a program. So it's ingrained in your blueprint. And thus you start, you know, acting that out. Yeah, I, I read somewhere um, a way for me that resonated with me in, in the program and understanding that we're programmed is a couple of of books that I, I read. One of them said, you know, if you were born in, you know, China, do you think you would have had the same upbringing? Do you think your life would be the same or you would have the same beliefs? And I was like, well, probably not mm-hmm. at all. Right. Because it's such different cultures. There's different everything there. So as a baby in China, I would learn something different as, than as a baby in Canada. And then another one was like, you know, what if you were born in the year, you know, 1400 and, you know, 50, 1450. What if you were born, you know, 600 years ago? What, do you think you'd have the same beliefs? And I was like, well, probably not at all. Exactly. Like it would have been yeah. a completely different life, a completely different program. And then I started to understand and it sort of unfolded that like, wow, I am, what happens in my mind, the things that I've learned are conditional to this time exactly. this place exactly you're exactly right so so in this place is where you have an opportunity to change to make change in your life this is your opportunity in this lifetime so you know we talk about oh and this is a huge subject subject for another time but parallel lives mm-hmm. so you know so if you're constantly going to the past mm-hmm. then from the past, you're in the moment, you're thinking about the past, you bring it into the moment, you create your future from there. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's very, very hard to move on. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you have all, all your greatest strength and your greatest power in the moment. And I, I mean, we all know about Eckhart Tolle and, and how, you know, that, that book brought that forward. Uh, so so it's really, really important that we understand that, that when we reflect or, um, uh, you know, we're constantly kind of uh, reminiscing, you know, about, about the past and what could have been. Mm-hmm. If only, if only he would have stayed, if only he would have seen that, you know, look at me now, I'm, I'm so much better than I was then, but he didn't stay. <laughs> and so therefore, oh, he missed out on a big opportunity, you know, like that. Uh-huh. I've right. said that a million times before. Right. Uh, absolutely. Right, right. So it's, it's recognizing that we all come for an experience. We all come for the experience of just being here. We are all light bodies. We are all pure consciousness. We already know everything. But 
we come here for expansion. So we, we come to have an experience for more expansion because that's how the universe grows. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it grows through the balance of the light and the dark. And so when we go through, and I like to call it, when I go through constriction, I always say, well, I'm getting ready for expansion. <laughs> kind of feels shitty while I'm going through it. But I know that I, my desire for something greater has come. And I know that I'm ready to expand. So, you know, in relationships, you know, it's all about that too, about, you know, that vibration that we're attracted to. Well, okay, for example, I've seen couples come in and they have, they're complaining Mm -hmm. about each other Mm -hmm. and what one's not doing and the other's not doing. And how they're like, you know, pointing fingers at, well, you always do that. And you never listen to me. And yeah, well, you know, well, that's because, you know, so there's justification taking place and everything. But what they don't really recognize is that their mentors were exactly like that. So the one, the one person is actually speaking in the same manner that her mother speaks in Mm -hmm. and he too is doing exactly the same thing Mm -hmm. so they're basically two mothers Mm -hmm. (laughs) that have come together (laughs) to work that out right but if they don't see it they basically both married they married their mothers so how do how do people see that like that's the thing like a lot of um for me like one of my biggest you know challenges is i I get stuck or I feel trapped or I feel stuck. Like when it comes to a, a relationship with somebody, like you feel bad, you don't, you don't no. know, you don't know what to do. Like there is like a level of awareness, like, yes, I'll take responsibility for this. Um, and I see that this is happening, but I guess I, I just, I've, I guess why do people stay in relationships when they know when they are aware, mm-hmm. what, well, what's that stuck? Yeah, well, that's that's a deeper that's a deeper. Um, it's a need. Some people, most people, are afraid to be alone, and there is a difference between uh, aloneness and loneliness. Right. A lot of people stay in relationships because of their fear of being alone, so they'd rather put up with a situation rather than rather than part ways. So it is. It is fear. It is absolutely. Absolutely. And it's also, too, to recognize this, that that's not unconditional love. So they're not expressing unconditional love to each other. They're expressing conditional love. There's a lot of conditions in a relationship and it goes back to, but you didn't do that. And that doesn't make me happy. Okay, so let's talk about that. So. So a lot of people believe that they are in a, a very loving, unconditional, loving relationship. Right. And then the fights happen and the disagreements and <clears throat> he said, she said, blame game. Like, what it, What does that mean? Like, what does it mean to be in an unconditional loving relationship? Well, that means basically that you are in a place of awareness of the source, that you are always in alignment with yourself first. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you want to be in a unconditional loving relationship, you need to have your own realization first. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of impossible to be in a unconditional uh, loving relationship without that very astute awareness 
of of uh, of of how things are. So you're not you're not codependent in any way. You can be together and you can share each other's energy and love, but you're not dependent on each other. You're independent of each other, but when you come together, it's very loving. So there's no fear about if the boyfriend goes away on a trip with the guys. Mm -hmm. Fear doesn't come up and say, what if he meets somebody? Mm -hmm. What if he fools around, Mm -hmm. you know, and brings that up? You're totally 100% in a place of trust. And and, And if something happened, it would be like you would, and this is hard for people to wrap their head around, Mm -hmm. that you would be, okay, so what do you want to do about that? And and is there a part of me that, uh, okay, let's So you're, So you're talking about like having a relationship with somebody, they go away and they stray. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Which, okay. which probably happens more often than... Than not. Than not. Yes. Okay. You know, I feel that um, we also, too, uh, put a lot of expectation on a person to be everything that we want. Yeah. And filling that hole. The void. The void. Right. Yeah. We need to talk about the void. But yes. (laughs) Uh So you're you're basically expecting your expectations are Mm -hmm. very, very high in the way that uh, you know, I, I expect you to be this. I expect you to be that. I expect you to be. Mm-hmm. It's so, so an expectation versus um, a, uh, an unconditional awareness that you recognize that, that that's a lot of pressure on a person to be, uh, okay, I expect you to meditate with me and do yoga with me and, 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 you know, read spiritual books with me. Feed the sleep. kids, massage yes. me, exactly. take the garbage exactly. out, clean the lawn, like exactly. do everything. Like, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, the way I like to look at it, I say, you know, I'd like to have someone that, you know, loves to go to the theater and then somebody else that loves to travel and stuff. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, why can't I have five? <laughs> well, I guess you can, you know, cause I can, but that, that is, is just me because I know that, you know, I can have so much more. It doesn't all need to come in one package, but if that's what you want, if that's what you want, you want one person uh, to, to, to be monogamous. You want to be monogamous. Well, then, you know, it's very, very important that you're um, extremely uh, articulate about like how you communicate to that person and, mm-hmm. and, and, and clear, clear that out before you, 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 you know, you say, okay, well, it looks like we want the same things. Mm-hmm. Uh, looks like, yes, I, I want a monogamous relationship too. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, I would just like to be with one partner and 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 cohabitate together Mm -hmm. um you know so it's really really important that we're really clear about what it is that we want and that we're really clear about how we feel on our journey too about you know this is uh this is what i've learned about myself thus far and i know that i'm still learning and uh a spiritual relationship is two people that are on the journey together and they can support one another when they hit a bump and, 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 you know, and, and you have a reaction, let's say to a circumstance or a situation 
And your partner is able to see that and say, do you want to talk about that? Mm-hmm. Is there something, is there something that's like, that's really bothering you? And you're able to say, yes, I, I feel this way. And, and from these two people that, that are in that place of recognition and awareness, they can support one another while they go through the bumps. Because right. it's not always going to be like, oh. <laughs> well, that was well done. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I mean, you will have places of bliss and euphoria in, in that relationship. However, we are here as humans to have a human experience and you will hit the bumps. Mm-hmm. It's being able to sit down and have a good communication line open that we can support one another when we hit those bumps. Because there's still going to be maybe things that have been deeply ingrained in mm-hmm. the cells that maybe don't come up right away or it takes some time before it actually comes to the surface. Okay, that actually segues me because I like on my own personal journey, you know, I started from the bottom. Now I'm here <laughs> and <laughs> I like I I've grown, I've matured, I've got I've become older, I've seen, I've learned new things and had new experiences. And I feel like what I what I wanted 10 years ago is not what I want now. And I mean, I was when I was married, for example, even in the five, six years that I was with that person, I had grown so much and learned so much that, you know, not only were we not well matched to begin with, maybe whatever, but I could see us growing apart and I I see in a lot of relationships, you know, friends too, friends, not just boyfriend, girlfriend, but friends with, with relationships, with parents, with family, like people feel obligated. There's like an obligation that they have to stay in the institution of marriage or keep these best friends. You know, I had best friends in high school, um, that I don't talk to anymore. We, we were best friends. We had all the sleepovers. Right. <laughs> and now it's like, you know, I don't need to continue in a relationship with somebody that I don't feel in line with. Like there is a, they were in my life for a reason and now they're not for a reason. Yes. <laughs> the same reason. But like in, just for people that might be listening that are in relationship right now that are, you know, questioning, like, is this right for me? What, what kind of advice would you give to them? Like, what, how, how do you start? Where do you start? Right. Like, recognizing, okay, I'm in this place. Okay. I'm going I'm, to take responsibility next. I'm choosing not to suffer. And so, mm-hmm. uh, if, if, okay, so this just goes across the board. So, um, in my, in my bites of light, I do a, a series on relationship and the family. Mm-hmm. And that family relationship is about how do you feel when you have to go and spend Thanksgiving with your family? And what is the feeling that comes up for you? Because the family is that relationship that is for many people the hardest to heal. Oh, God, tell I know. you about it. <laughs> oh, tell, you about it. <laughs> tell you about it. Uh-huh. So that is and 
And, you know, I, I hear it time and time again. Oh, God, I'm going home for the holidays. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Can I make an appointment for when I get back? Because I really need it. <laughs> you know, mother. Oh, my mother. You know, she drives me insane. You yeah. know, like this. Well, you know, granted from what we just spoke about, about unconditional love, um, you know, we can talk about that. We can say that, well, are there conditions to, do you have conditions about, you know, what you expect from your family? And then you can turn it around and then you can say, my mother, every time I go there, my mother says, are you dating yet? Yeah. Pick, 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 yeah. pick, pick. Do you have a yeah. boyfriend? Yeah. Like, why not? Like, you're getting old, you know. Like your 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 eggs are starting to you know they're starting to get frosty in there. <laughs> For the record, she's not talking about my mother specifically. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> just, no, no, just no. as an example, I, that's yes. general. Yeah, that's general. And and or I mean, I have seen the extreme examples of where the mother still holds. I call it the mother card, okay. or the father holds the father card, and I call that because I and I and and I really do you know, want people to see that because after you're 18, your mother job is done. Mm -hmm. Your mother job is done. You don't hold the cards anymore. Mm -hmm. You don't have that right to be badgering your children about what they should or shouldn't do or what they should study or where they should go or anything like that. You know, uh, it's, it's, I, for, for, my experience, I really wanted my children to be my friends after mm-hmm. they were 18. Mm-hmm. Before that, I was their mother. Mm-hmm. You know, say, you only got one mother and that's my job. But after that, it was about um, wanting my children to want me in their lives as a friend. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, I'm not saying, I'm your mother. And you need to do this. And so that, because that imposes a lot of guilt and, um, and a lot of hurt on a person. And so uh, I would l- allow my children to say, you know, um, I'm, I'm, I'm letting go of those strings, you know, and now, yeah. and now the relationship is going to be what it is. And, you know, from my own experience, I knew that there was stuff that had to be healed. Mm-hmm. That were stuff that had to be healed, you know, on on uh, uh, so many layers, and mm-hmm. and I, I I wanted that to happen, but I couldn't force it to happen. And I thought, in time, in time, you know, we can have those conversations or whatever. And that's exactly what happened. So when I hang out with my my children, I hang out with them as friends. I don't expect them to call me. Mm-hmm. I don't expect them to see me. Mm-hmm. I don't put any expectations on them because they're on their own journey. I want them to want me in their lives, right? not to be forced upon. So those kind of relationships, it's the same thing because we are all growing, hopefully. Mm-hmm. We are all growing. The only constant in life is change, correct? So your friendships change. You're, you're not, you're not uh, bound legally to anybody mm-hmm. to remain their friend because you used to be friends when you were in grade three. Mm-hmm. You know, we change, we grow apart and, and that is absolutely fine. So a person doesn't have to feel guilty about not being in relationship with somebody 
that they that that used to be their best chum. That's happened to me, and I know it's happened to others. It's about the choices that you make about the people in your life who are going to uplift you. Mm-hmm. They should be uplifting people and really be happy for your journey about the success and not judge you for what they see unfolding in your life, but be there as a support system. If they ask for your advice, you know, they say, oh, what do you think about this? Or or you ask them, then that's fine if they share their their advice or your yeah. advice. But if they don't take it, you got to be cool with that too. Because mm-hmm. then they're not, they're, they're either, that's not resonating with them at that moment. Um, as I said, people will walk out the door. I'll never see them again because that's not resonating with them. I had a lady come in 20 years later. <laughs> 20 years and said you told me 20 years ago not to get into that relationship and she said and I walked out and thought well what do you know <laughs> did she get into the relationship she, she sure did. did and now she's out and now she's out <laughs> and then she says and now I'm ready okay. I'm ready now and I said well I hope you're not being hard on yourself or uh-huh. feeling bad about that because obviously you had to have that experience. Mm-hmm. You know, you had to have that experience. And now you can see that. All right. <laughs> you know, I said, well, I'm glad I'm glad you came back, you know, mm-hmm. but the experience was what she needed. Um, she just wasn't ready to be in that place of I can see, you know. I'm, yes. So, you know, uh that is the way it rolls. And so we ought not to, notice I didn't say should, <laughs> we ought not to feel guilty about how uh, our relationships change in our lives. Everything is, um, everything is all about moving forward in our lives and not about having guilt about something that was said or done in the past or, or that we're in relationship because we feel guilty. You know. Yeah, that's an interesting one because or people feel guilty when they start recognizing that certain people aren't in their lives for a reason. That's right. And 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 in turn, like um I've I've actually had friends who who are mad at me and they lash out at me and they and they start, you know, to do the victim thing right. um and try to pull me back into their bubble and web into their web. (laughs) I remember, I remember you gave me an analogy. This was like years ago. Um, talking about an ex boyfriend, um, about climbing the ladder. And, um, so if, if myself and the person I'm in relationship are both climbing the ladder of life, um, are you looking over, at this person is he beside you on his ladder is he above you or is he below you and i remember at the time this person in my life was was way way below mm-hmm. and i believe what you said was like well do you want to keep dragging him up pulling him up to stay at your level you're going and he is down there <laughs> and i was like oh you know and i started kind of doing that with like a lot of people in my life Mm -hmm. and not to say that they're bad people at all. Like there's some lovely, wonderful relationships that I've been in. And that is not what I'm saying, but like, as, as I'm, as I'm 
you know, going through this, my own journey and figuring out what's in my best interest. I don't know if that's the right word or what's yes, what my life. Yeah. To make me happy, to be self-fulfilled. Yeah. I definitely had to, to drop a lot of friends in a respectful way, in a, in a place of love. And it's a place of love for myself. I don't. That's right. Mm-hmm. You don't want to have, um, hang out with a Debbie Downer, <laughs> you know, somebody who is always in the place of negativity or, um, or even if like what I love about, like when I get together with my friends is that our, our conversations are usually about feelings, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. and, and this happened. And then I felt like that. And, you know, and then I said, well, where did that come from? You know, so like, yeah, we, I'm in relationship with friends who can have that conversation. Yeah. Um, and not to say that, you know, we don't go out and be, you know, totally goofy and stuff like that because yeah. we can laugh and, and be totally like off the wall. But at the end of the day, you know, we're we all know that we're all responsible for our feelings and the way we act. And so it's 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 good to be in those relationships. When you're, yes, when you're, as I said, you know, kind of like, you know, you got, you, you're looking, it's, it, it's just that they're in a different place. It's just that they're yes. in a different space. So in my own relationship, you know, um, from the past, the reason that relationship uh, could not sustain itself anymore be, because I was the person that had the glass half full. He was the person that always had the glass half empty. And I just got to the point where I recognized that what I was doing was I was actually trying to make that person happy, constantly pulling them up, mm-hmm. constantly pulling them up, oh, pulling them up. Oh, it's it takes exhausting. so much energy. <laughs> you're just like, at the end of the day, you're like, oh my God, you know, you've run a mental marathon uh-huh. by trying to keep this person holding them up all the time. And then, you know, one day I just said, you know, I just realized something. It's not my responsibility to make you happy. It's yours. Yes. Find it. Yes. Okay. And that, it's also my responsibility to make myself happy. And that self-love um, piece, I think, is a little bit, is missing in this conversation a little bit. Let's talk about that. Like, um to fully love another, you need to fully love yourself. What what does that mean? Well, that means that um, you have really... So, you know, uh, young love. Young love. It, it, you know, going into relationship, you know, when you're in your teens and then when you're 20s, as you said, you know, you've changed so much. So in those younger years, it's not very likely that two people are going to come together and, mm-hmm. and, and, and really, they really get it. They really get it because there is not that, um, hunger for the, for the self, the, to recognize what it is in yourself that makes you happy to be able to sit down and ponder about your life and what it is that weighs you down or makes you feel heavy. And so that's where you start to explore yourself is to really understand that you can never love another 
you know, love thy neighbor as thyself. Well, if you hate yourself, chances are you're going to hate your neighbor too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Fair. Right. Yes. So that, that, that quote, love thy neighbor as thyself is like, oh my God. Like, I don't even think people even understand what that means. Yeah. It's so misinterpreted. It's almost like I'm going to give my neighbor everything. That's right. Before I give myself. That's kind of how I see things going. That's right. And that is sacrificial love or martyrship or martyrdom, you know, being the martyr because being a martyr gets a lot of attention. Right. And the same with, you know, oh my God, you know, I mean, somebody was telling me a story of this, of this woman who was, I mean, her story was about how she just basically puts everybody else first and that, oh, you know, her thyroid had to be removed and she's sick all the time, but she takes in all of this and she does yeah. that for everyone. That's a martyr. Yeah. That's a martyr. And so the martyr is always looked upon as, you know, oh my God, so, oh, such a loving person, you know, no. That person um, is looking for love in all the wrong places. And so how do you how do you experience and how do you find that self-love? Well, it takes a little bit of discipline and a little bit of focus and a little bit of commitment into awakening. So, mm-hmm. you know, it usually starts with the search. And when we start the search, it usually starts with the search outward, you know, Well, what I'd like to express is that you're going to find out way more about yourself if you sat in stillness and even just meditated for even a few minutes every day. That would bring you probably more than all the self-help books (laughs) in the world Mm -hmm. because yourself knows yourself the best. And so sitting in stillness and whether it's guided meditation, whether it's watching your breath and or or whether it's just sitting still and emptying your mind, if only for a, a fleeting moment is going to be enough. If you did it every day, you would tap in to yourself and you would start to feel things about yourself. What people resist is the, the the fear of what they're going to find deep, deep, deep in the well of the emotions. What's down there? And, you know, I want to share this, this short little experience that I had about this because I, I, I raised as a Catholic. I used to pray. I, I don't know. I don't know what was wrong with me, but I was, <laughs> I was the only kid in my family that would set her alarm so that I could go to church in the morning and everybody else be snoozing and I'd catch a ride with the neighbors. Uh, I was in grade two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. But uh, there was this, there was this devotion in me. Don't ask me where it came from, but anyways. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like when meditation came, it, I was like a fish to water. Like, because I prayed fervently all the time. So when I learned how to I meditate, oh, oh, that's all I wanted to do. I was hungry for it, you know, because yeah. there was something about that that I knew I was going to find deeper aspects of myself. So, you know, whenever I would meditate, regardless of the, uh, lots of times I crossed the veil, like, I, oh, I was, it was the stories. Oh, they're just <laughs> phenomenal. They're, they're great. They're fun. But here's the thing. In this one particular meditation. So I'm meditating, right? 
guess what? I usually would go up. This time I fell down and I went through this deep hole. And I was like, as I was going down, I was going, I'm going down. Oh my God, I'm going down. Where, where am I going? Oh, you know, the fear came in, but I said, okay, just trust yourself, Adele. When I arrived, I arrived in a very, very old, dark, dank dungeon. And it was like there was moss and and uh, the floor was wet. And I could tell that this was ancient. It was an ancient place. It smelt really musty and everything. And when I looked, there was a hallway, but there were, there were, it was a prison mm-hmm. and there were bars on, on these doors. It was a prison, an old ancient prison. And I could hear all this groaning, like, <laughs> like that. I'm like, what? I said, well, what am I going to do? Well, well, I'm obviously down here. So I think I'm supposed to walk through, you mm-hmm. know? So as I walked, I could see these arms coming out and going like, like this. And I was like, I I thought, just keep walking, just keep walking. Well, when I got to the end of the corridor, there was no door. And I was like, well, am I not supposed to go through a door now and get out of here or something? I I had the courage to walk through, but no. And I thought, okay, well, I got to turn around and go back the way I came, just like in Sesame Street. So anyways, <laughs> anyways, I turn around and I got it. I got it. I was like, oh my God, it's me behind those bars. Mm-hmm. Very old parts of me are behind those prison bars. And what I need to do is I need to love myself. So I went up to the first one and the arm came out and I looked straight inside and said, I am sorry. I love you. And it disappeared. And I went through about eight or ten of these, took my time, gave myself the love, those old parts of myself that were so wounded from generations past. That when I got back to the place that I had arrived, I thought, now I'm going to go up. But no, I fell down again. (laughs) But this time I came through and there I was in the void, hanging upside down by a thread. And the thread was wrapped around one ankle and I'm dangling in the middle of nothingness. And I'm thinking, oh, (laughs) Uh oh. And I started to see the thread unravel and unravel. And I was going, oh, my God, any minute it's going to break and I'm going to fall. And right then I was like, it's okay, It's okay. I'm going to fall. And I know the universe has got my back and I'm going to be okay. Snap. I fell. But right away, these wings came out of my back and I shot through and I came out the other side and I was just like, bam, I was pure light. So that experience is all about goosebumps again. Yeah, me too. Yeah. That experience was about the depth, the depth of our wounds and how people are afraid to recognize them or to face their fears. But really, we created those fears and we can uncreate them. I love that. That is self-love. 
being willing to face your fear. Because really, at the end of the day, there are only two emotions, fear and love. Fear is when you're out of alignment. Love is when you're in. It's as simple as that. It doesn't have to be this great, big, whatever, you know, program of this is how you do it or anything like that. Every day, every moment that you make that choice to acknowledge yourself and make yourself happy in that moment is a day that you become more self-realized, that you become your authentic self and you learn to love yourself for who you are, not who other people want you to be, but who you are. Nobody knows who you are. You're not supposed to be anything else but who you are. As you explore yourself, you will get that beautiful sense of the knowing of who you are, which could be totally different than the guy next door to you. So it's really about honoring ourselves and our journeys about who we are. We're all different. As, as Osho says, we're not, we can't all be painters. We can't all be artists and movie stars and, and, and writers and, 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 and coaches. <laughs> we can't all be those things because the world would be boring. We need to be who we are, our authentic selves, whatever that is. And every moment of every day, that can change. That can change. You're not the same person you were 20 years ago. No. You have changed drastically, immensely. Mm-hmm. And, and, and here you are today, like, you know, reaching out to others and spreading the good word. <laughs> Yes, yes. Spreading the good word. And it's so, it's so like, I've just got goosebumps upon goosebumps upon goosebumps. (laughs) Because we're both in alignment now. Mm -hmm. We're both in alignment now. And we are loving this conversation because we are both in that place of like, yeah. Yeah. It feels so good to be here. Mm -hmm. So good. And so as you experience this and as you grow, you're going to know exactly when you slip off the sidewalk. Mm -hmm. You'll know it. And you're like, damn, I'm over here right now. (laughs) You know, like, what do I do? How do I get back there? You know, like this. And you're just like, you know, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah, I know. I know I slipped. I know my pants fell down. I can bring them back up. Maybe not right this moment, but I'm working on it. And that's okay. Because, again, it's all about the vibration of, of what you desire for yourself. And, and everybody expresses themselves differently. Your success is not going to be my success. Your happiness is not going to be my happiness. We're all going to be different, but we'll all be the same. <laughs> because we're all one. We're all a part of the one. We're all source. And we all have the power to be whatever it is that we want to be. And to rewrite that story. Rewrite the story. Rewrite the story. (sighs) Well, I think with that, I should bid adieu. Yes. (laughs) You would like to come to completion. Come to completion. For the subject today. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. And we'll just, before we go, Mm -hmm. we'll just say, uh, there are no shoulds. 
There okay. are no have tos and there are no can'ts. Yeah, okay. Right? Yes. Should means there's pressure. When somebody said you should do that, that applies pressure. When somebody says, I have to. No, you never have to. No, no, no. No, you want to. And if somebody says, I can't do it, you say, no, you're choosing not to. Interesting. I like that a lot. Okay. That's good. <laughs> a little kind of. See, that's good. Zip that one up. <laughs> Zip that one up. Okay. Well, thank you so much for com- like, coming and speaking with me. And So exciting. Oh, I, can't, I have a lot of takeaways. I'm going to have to make some notes. Okay, great. Well, <laughs> it was a real pleasure. And I have really enjoyed our journey together. And I feel, and this is this is something that I I love to say to people when I when I watch them, you know, as they transform, I love to say, remember this. Whatever you do for you, you do for me. Because we are one. So when you're transforming, so am I. Amazing. Namaste. Namaste. I love you. I love you. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that was amazing. (laughs) If you would like to learn more about Adele and all of her services within Phoenix Rising Healing Center, please visit her website at www.phoenixrisinghealingcenter.com. Phoenix Rising Healing Center is also on Facebook and Instagram as at Phoenix Rising HC. Adele's three to four minute Bites of Light videos can also be found on YouTube and Facebook by searching Bites of Light. Also, I'll let you know when her book comes out. (laughs) I hope you've all enjoyed this episode as much as I have. If you haven't done so yet, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on iTunes and Google Play. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.